Tonight, San Diego Comic-Con gave us a lot of news, changes are coming to the Orville, and we remember Rutger Hauer and Jeremy Kemp on the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. Uh, We have a really news-heavy episode this time with lots of news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. And, uh, you know, I promised that a lot of news would drop, and boy, was I right. We have a lot more Star Trek news, of course, coming out of Star Trek Las Vegas, which I believe is this next weekend. So uh, that'll be in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. But uh, be sure to also check out the comics edition of Multiverse Tonight. That, of course, drops a couple of in, into your feed a couple of days after this one. So if you're someone who hasn't subscribed, be sure to subscribe to get that that uh, second edition automatically. Or, you know, be sure to ask your Lex speaker to uh, listen to us as well. So let's get on with the news. First off, we have a little discovery news. At the Star Trek panel, a new character was introduced, Cleveland Book Booker, played by David Ajala. He is described as mischievous and a rule breaker. Also revealed is that the ship is a bit lost. Apparently, they didn't arrive at Terlesium as planned. No word on who the new captain will be. Next, the panel moved to the new animated show, Lower Decks, the half-hour show from Mike McMahon about four ensigns aboard the USS Cerritos, a California-class ship. By the way, I looked up Cerritos and found out that it's a suburb of Los Angeles, California, formerly named Dairy Valley because of the preponderance of dairy farms in the area. The four ensigns are Ensign Beckett Mariner, voiced by Tawny Newsom, Ensign Brad Bulmer, uh, voiced by Jack Quaid, Ensign Tendy, voiced by Noel Wells, and Ensign Rutherford, voiced by Eugene Cordero. Beckett Mariner is described as someone who is very good at being in Starfleet, but cares more about skateboarding than working, so she never gets promoted. Brad Bulmer is smart, book smart, and way too into his head and nervous. Tendi is super enthusiastic about about, medi- about her medical officer's duty, who, and she starts the show on her first day in Starfleet. And Rutherford is compared to Geordie LaForge, except that he can never get anything done or solved. Plus, he just has cyborg eye put in, so he's dealing with that. They have to deal with their senior officers, Captain Carol Freeman, voiced by Don Lewis, Commander Jack Ransom, voiced by Jerry O'Connell, Lieutenant Shanks, voiced by Fred Tascascaro, Tascari, Fred Tascari, and Dr. Tiana, at 
who is a Cation, voiced by Jillian Vigman. McMahon told the audience that the show won't poke fun at Star Trek. The humor will come from the characters themselves. Finally, the main attraction of the, of the night, Star Trek Picard. Patrick Stewart was brought out and talked about his return to Star Trek. The show will be, quote, more lyrical, more grounded, and more dramatic, unquote. Producer Akiva Goldsman went on to explain that the show will be the not will not be the next generation, but more of a hybrid, slower, more gentle, more character-based, quote, a new kind of Star Trek show made by people who love old Star Trek shows, unquote. We also get introduced to new actors, Alison Pill, who plays a yet unnamed researcher, Michelle Hurd, who said her character has a connection to Picard's past, and Santiago Cabrera, an ex-Starfleet officer who is reluctant to join Picard's quest. You know, he kind of sounds like the Han Solo of the show. We also have word that there will be returning characters to the cast, Rena Sirtis, Jonathan Frakes, Jerry Ryan, Jonathan Del Arco, and Brent Spiner will all play a part in the show. Now, their size of the roles that each of them have is as yet unknown. One thing we do know is that the show will start in 2020, probably right after Discovery's third season. We also got word on new short treks. We are getting six new episodes, and three will focus on the Enterprise, and we know one will feature Spock and number one trapped in a lift together, and another one will star H. John Benjamin and feature Tribbles. We also know two will be animated, and one will be the prelude to Star Trek Picard. As of yet, there have been no news on any new feature films. But not all the news is about Trek, about Trek, but is about what's in front of the camera. IDW has announced another visit to the Mirror Universe. This time, we visit the Mirror Voyager in Star Trek Voyager Mirrors and Smoke. The one shot will be written by Paul Aller and art with the art painted by J.K. Woodward, and introduces quote Captain Janeway of the Voyager a rebel ship stranded in the Delta Quadrant, far from the ruins of the Terran Empire. When Janeway crowns herself Pirate Queen of the Quadrant, the locals, including Scavengers Neelix and Kess, won't give up without a fight. Amidst this conflict, the crew of the Voyager has a second problem on their hands. Just who is the Terran calling herself Annika Henson? And can she be trusted? Unquote. The comic will be out in October. IDW also has future Mirror Universe one-shots planned for featuring the original series and DS9 Mirror Cruise. Now, as I said, there's no movie news coming out of San Diego, but Quentin Tarantino, speaking with Deadline.com, talked about what he expects from his Star Trek film. Quote, I will say one thing about Star Trek that I've been waiting for someone to bring up. I don't know if I'll do it or not. I've got to figure it out, but Mark wrote a really cool script. I like it a lot. There's some things I need to work on, but I really, really like it. I get annoyed at Simon Pegg. He doesn't know anything about what's going on, and he keeps making all these comments as if he knows about stuff. One of the comments he said, he's like, well look, it's going to be Pulp Fiction in space. Yes it is, he laughed. If I do it, that's exactly what it'll be. It'll be Pulp Fiction in space. That Pulp Fiction-y aspect when I read the script. I felt I ne have never read a science fiction movie that has this bleep in it, ever. There's no science fiction movie that has this in it. 
They, and they said, I know that's what we want the, to make it, at the very least unique in that regard, unquote. So I'm guessing any movement on this will be awaiting the possible merger between CBS and Viacom. It also sounds like the film would probably be a part of the Klingon, of the Kelvin timeline. However, it sounds like he's not happy with that. Telling the Happy Sad podcast, quote, I still don't understand and JJ can't explain it to me. And my editors tried to explain it to me and I still don't get it. About something happened in the first movie that now kind of wiped the slate clean? I don't buy that. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I don't beep that. I want the whole series to have happened. It just hasn't happened yet. No, Benedict Cumberbatch or whatever his name is not Khan, alright? Khan is Khan. And I told JJ like... I don't understand this. I don't like it. And then he was like, ignore it. Nobody likes it. I don't understand. Just do whatever you want. If you want it to happen the exact way it happens on the series, it can. Unquote. So, what do you think of Quentin's comments? Uh, are you interested in seeing his movie? Do you want it set in the Kelvin timeline? Or do you want it pretty much set in its own little timeline? Uh, please. Drop us a line and let us know how you feel. Now, let's go to the Star Wars news. Roger, roger. We start Star Wars news with a confession from Margot Robbie. The breakout star of 2016's Suicide Squad revealed to MTV News that she's never seen Star Wars. Quote, I've never seen any Star Wars. She confessed to MTV. And I don't wa and I kind of don't watch it just now because be it infuriates people so much. Like, how have you never watched any Star Wars? And I just want to see how long I can make it now. Unquote. I guess my next question to her would be: since she's never actually seen any of it, uh, what does she know about it just by picking things up secondhand? That'd be you know kind of interesting. Anyway. Mark Hamill was honored at San Diego with the Comic-Con 2019 Icon Award by the SDCC organizers. Mark, in his acceptance speech, told the crowd, quote, Listen, I told you how lucky I feel to be able to do all the, the things that I loved to do as a kid and get paid for it. So this just seems wildly excessive, but it is, so, but it is much appreciated. Hamill said in his acceptance speech, Thank you so much. I have to tell you, actors get up and they say, oh, I have to share this with whoever the, their agent or whatever. But I, if it weren't for you, I certainly wouldn't be standing here. I started coming to these cons years before I met George Lucas. I remember I was at the con when they said, did you hear? There's going to be 5,000 people this year. So I thank you very, very much. And I just want you to remember, I am your buddy until the end. More than a buddy, I'm your best friend. I love you more than you will ever know. I will never let you go. Unquote. The Icon Award is given to those who have been instrumental in bringing comics or popular arts to a wide audience. Ten others have been given the award, including George Lucas, Stan Lee, and Ray Bradbury. The Rise of Skywalker is coming soon, but before we rise with Skywalkers, we should read with Skywalker. Announced at San Diego, Marvel has released a four-issue prelude series called Star Wars, 
The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance. The miniseries will be written by Ethan Sachs and have art by Luke Ross. No release date, but we can probably expect it to come out in September as the movie will be released on December 20th. Now, let's uh, take a moment. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse Tonight. You know, one way you can support this show is to listen to it through the Radio Public app. Every episode of Multiverse Tonight that is heard through the Radio Public app, for iPhone or Android, means that you can get this podcast, and we get a couple of cents in our can. Find the Radio Public app in Google and iTunes app stores, and give it a try today. Roger, roger. Thanks, everyone. Apparently, the Rise of Skywalker will be something according to Kevin Smith in an interview with IGN. He said, quote, I have not seen it, but I was on set. I went to London at one point and visited the set. Director J.J. Abrams invited me because I had the heart attack. When I had the heart attack, he wrote me, and he was like, you got to pull through, man, so you can come visit Star Wars. I was like, can I be in it? And he was like, come visit. I pulled through, and I was the kind of asshole that wrote him back to be like, remember what you said? And he was like, Come on out. I got to hang out and be there on set, and there was a scuttlebutt about a set there on Pinewood. A big set that they were like, you have to see this. When you see it, it'll melt your mind. And I was like, what was it? And they were like, ask JJ. And so I asked JJ. They kept telling, they keep telling me I should see the set. And he goes, don't. I said, why? And he said, it's the last shot of the movie. So I was like, well, now I really want to see it. And he goes, you don't want this spoiled. You want to be in a theater when this happens, trust me. And then other people on the crew were like, Bro, I wish I hadn't seen it. I'm glad I did, but it will melt your mind. Unquote. Saying that it will melt your mind. Hmm. You know, that's some claim. Kevin, let's hope you're correct. So, have you wondered who the Knights of Ren are? We've gotten hints in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Well now, a new comic will tell the tale of Kylo and the Knights in the Rise of Kylo Ren. The four-issue miniseries will be written by Chris Soule. The Rise of Kylo Ren will be launching in December before the Rise of Skywalker this winter. Now, let's go to the geek news. The Orville's SDCC panel came with a bit of a surprise, a change of address. The show's third season will be moving from Fox to Hulu when it returns in late 2020. The change was addressed by series creator and star Seth MacFarlane, who explained, quote, The Orville has been a labor of love for me, and there are two companies which have supported that vision in a big way. 20th Century Fox Television, where I've had a deal since the start of my career, and Fox Broadcasting Company, now Fox Entertainment, which has been my broadcast home for over 20 years. My friends at the network understood what I was trying to do with this series, and they've done a spectacular job of marketing, launching, and programming it for these past two seasons. But as the, sh- the show has evolved and become more ambitious production-wise, I determined that I would not be able to deliver episodes until 2020, which would be challenging for the network. So we began to discuss how best to support the third season in a way that worked for the show. It's exactly this kind of willingness to accommodate a show's creative needs that made me want to stick around for so long. 
I'm hugely indebted to Charlie Collier and Fox Entertainment for their generosity and look forward to developing future projects there. And to my friends at Hulu, I look forward to our new partnership exploring the galaxy together." Unquote. Now, this news has not gotten gone over well with a segment of the fan base, but most seem to be looking forward to the show's new home. By the way, Hulu is majority owned by Fox parent company Disney. Hulu not only has the Orville, but uh, it also is now home to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. The series is coming from Carlton Cuse and writer Jason Fuchs and will be produced at ABC Signature, the streaming division of ABC. Cuse and Fuchs will write, exec, will write, exec produce, and show run a modern adaptation of the classic story from Douglas Adams. No air date has been given. Speaking of shows that have moved to greener online pastures, The Expanse Season 4 premiere date has finally been announced. The series, which was cancelled by Sci-Fi last year, has been revived by Amazon after the fanbase got 100,000 signatures to save the show. The show will come to the streaming service on December 13th. Now, get ready to spend more on Halloween, more Halloween with Michael Myers. Universal Pictures has announced two new Halloween sequels, one for 2020 and one for 2021. The first movie will be titled Halloween Kills and open on October 16th, 2020. The second will be called Halloween Ends. Will, and it will open on October 15th, 2021. Both will, be directed, both will be directed by David Gordon Green, and both will star Jamie Lee Curtis, with Nick Castle returning as Michael, who comes back to Haddonfield for one more showdown with his sister. The nominations are out for the Emmy Awards. Game of Thrones walked away with 32 nominations, including Outstanding Drama Series, Kit Harrington got a nomination for Outstanding Drama Actor, Emilia Clarke got one for Outstanding Drama Actress, Alfie Allen, Nicolaj Coaster Weldu, and Peter Dinklage all got nominations for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama, Lena Hetty, Gwendolyn Christie, Sophie Turner, and Maisie Williams got, nom got nods for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama, and three nominations in total for Directing. Kamel Nanjiani got a nomination for The Twilight Zone, the Good Place has been nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. An Outstanding Comedy Actor nomination was also given for Ted D Danson in The Good Place. And on the Creative Arts Emmy side, Star Trek Discovery is up for Main Title Design and Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup, as well as Outstanding Sound Editing and Special Visual Effects. Special Visual Effects. So four in total. The Emmys are September 22nd and the Creative Arts Emmys are given out on September 14th and 15th. We also got the Saturn Award nominations. Avengers Endgame leads films with the most nominations with 14. In the TV nomination side, Game of Thrones led with 9. The Orville picked up 3 nominations in the streaming category. And Star Trek Discovery picked up 5 nominations. But they all trail they trail the house the haunting of Hill House with six nominations in the streaming category. Now let's look at this week's box office. Now uh, we'll start at number twelve. At number twelve is the Secret Life of Pets two, which dropped from ten 
which dropped two spots. It's uh, looking right now, it has $153 million. Avengers Endgame holds steady at 900 with a weekend gross of 952 million. Uh, it just passed the uh, threshold in the end to get the uh, top spot of all time, not adjusting for inflation. The farewell uh, went from number 12 to number 10. The independent movie raked in an additional 1.85 million. Annabelle Comes Home dropped from number 8 to number 9. Stuber dropped from number 6 to number 8. Aladdin held steady with an additional $3 million. Uh, that makes its domestic take $346 million. Yesterday, the uh, what if the Beatles didn't exist except for the one guy who remembers them. Uh, so I guess it's kind of a science fiction movie, isn't it? Uh, dropped from number 5 to number 6. The the alligator horror movie crawl went from number four to number five toy story four dropped from number three to number four it picked up an additional ten million dollars bringing it close to four hundred million dollars uh, domestically spider-man far from home dropped from number two to number three uh, it picked up an additional twelve million and its total gross is 344 million. Uh, new to the charts this week is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the uh, actor, the uh, film by uh, Quentin Tarantino, brought in 41 million dollars, bringing an average an average total of 11 million or 11 thousand dollars per screen, and The Lion King stays at no, uh, num number one. The uh, film, which stars very dead-eyed uh, CGI animals, brought in a weekend gross of $76.6 million, down 60% from the week before, and has a total gross of $351.8 million. Now, back to the geek news. All right, and uh, we uh, can't go without saying goodbye to a few great actors. Actor Jeremy Kemp has passed away. He might best be known to Star Trek fans as Picard's brother Robert in the episode Family. The actor was born in England in 1935 and had a long acting career starting in 1956. He's had guest star roles on Space 1999, Heart to Heart, The Greatest American Hero, The Fall Guy, Murder, She Wrote, and was Hissa Zul in the Conan TV series, and the villain General Strick in the spy comedy Top Secret. He was 84 years old. And finally tonight, actor Rutger Hauer has passed away. The Dutch actor is probably best known to geek fans as the replicant leader Roy Batty from 1982's Blade Runner. Rutger was born in the Netherlands in 1944 and started acting in Dutch TV way back in 1969. He came to American audiences in 1981 in the movie Nighthawks. Besides Blade Runner, he's guest starred on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Alias, Smallville, True Blood, Galavant, and the TV miniseries Merlin and the Tenth Kingdom. He's also starred in Batman Begins, Hobo with a Shotgun, Dracula 3D, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, and Sin City. 
He died at the age of 75 at his home in the Netherlands. And here's an interesting fact, folks. His character also died in the year... His character in uh, Blade Runner also died in the year 2019. Very meta. Well, that brings us to the end of another sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Now, be sure to check us out on our social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, at Multiverse Tom as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our coffee or Patreon as well. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out our affiliate marketplace links, the link to our T Public store, show notes, and so much more. And if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for our outro music theme song. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in just two days with the comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.